Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, Why Not Mint Money is a daily podcast on personal finance that helps you get smart about managing money. We help you understand basic money concepts to keep you from making bad money mistakes. Why Not Mint Money is your one-stop solution to money matters. So, let's get started. Welcome to your money journey. Hi, this is Namrata Patel from Mint's personal finance team. And in this episode of Why Not Mint Money, we will be talking about investing outside India. Over the past 1 year, the interest in international investing has increased. Not only are investors more open to investing in foreign stocks and mutual funds with international holding, but they also have a lot more of apps and platforms to facilitate this international investing. In turn, mutual fund AMCs have also launched many new schemes with international exposure. In fact, last week, Kota closed the new fund offer for its Kota Global Innovation Fund of Fund. whereas this week we have the IDFC US Equity Fund of Fund NFO in this episode we will talk about why an investor can consider international diversification and what factors to keep in mind before investing so without much delay let us welcome our guest for today we have with us today vishal kapoor ceo idfc amc to talk about international diversification hi vishal thank you for joining us Thanks for having me, Namrata. Uh, Vishal, in your opinion, what makes international diversification a complementary addition to the Indian investors' portfolio? So, firstly, I would say that uh, not all international uh, diversification may necessarily be complementary, and uh, you know, let me explain why. So, a complementary investment really is something that really helps you diversify, and it's important to understand where the diversification is coming from. and just so that we clear the level of diversification which is in a sense something that helps you maximize returns for a level of risk is achieved because the underlying components of a portfolio whether it's equities or bonds you know market a b c etc they're all moving in different directions and to a different extent in a sense so even if they're in the same direction there are different extent and that is something we measure through a measure called correlation so it's not necessary that just because you're buying multiple international products you're necessarily achieving more diversification it's important to look at the underlying correlation between these and that's where when we looked at the market as an example of the us versus india in our research we've seen that the correlation is low which means that it does really help you uh, add value to a portfolio so for example there may be times when let's say the indian market falls a lot but the us then held holds on and therefore you achieve more stability which is the purpose of a, a diversified or a complementary addition to the investors portfolio so therefore look at correlations between the different asset classes the us and india we have found have low correlation and therefore they are very good complementary products but it's not necessary that all international diversification may therefore add value right so actually yes we have seen a lot of renewed interest in uh, international investing and you know which is why we're also having this podcast so uh, you will soon be launching idfc us equities fund of fund 
uh, whose NFO is going to open from 29 July to 12 August. So, Vishal, does it matter if an investor invests directly in international stocks or invests in a mutual fund with international exposure? How can an investor make this choice between stocks and mutual funds? So, if if I'm an investor, I think uh, you know I have to look at a few considerations to make decision. The first is that how much risk can I take and how much uh, you know return am I targeting? And we have to keep in mind that typically individual stock portfolios, so things that I want to buy on my own, tend to be more concentrated because a fund manager and typical fund portfolios will tend to give you a lot of diversification. And as an individual, I may not be able to even afford such a large amount of diversification when I'm on my own. So concentration is something you have to keep in mind of how much uh, you know you can afford and how concentrated you want your portfolio to be. The second is if I'm looking at investing directly into stocks, do I really have the time and resources to do my research? I must really love you know going through financial statements and price movements and researching a lot of companies, finding out how economic cycles are working. Not just in India. Keep in mind this is about international investing, so across different countries uh, to be able to do. I often wonder that you know what would I do with my day job if I were to do all of that. And uh, you know, third, I have to also worry about making a remittance because when you're typically buying an international stock directly, uh, there are rules under which you can remit money and buy it, but you are then going through the process, the documentation, the declarations required for buying foreign currency to be able to do this, and you have to keep certain limits which are guided by the RBI. And which is where I think there is undeniably. Uh, the convenience of mutual funds, which is preferred by a lot of investors, because one, of course, you can get a professional manager to do all of this for you. Uh, two is you get the full convenience and diversification that you get with any other mutual fund when you're buying even in India. And also on top, keep in mind you're making in the investment in Indian rupees, so it's as simple and as convenient as buying any other domestic mutual fund. So I think with all these factors. It's really a choice for any investor, but I would certainly think that the mutual fund scores very, very favorably in this analysis. Right, and you know when you spoke about a concentration of portfolios, be it you know stocks or mutual funds, a lot of investors are preferring technology stocks. So within the category of international mutual funds as well, should investors go for themed category of international of funds? Or you know, should they go towards actively managed funds or ETFs? So I, I guess uh, you know, for every individual investor, it is going to be different. But some of the principles that we may want to apply are as follows: so first, the investor has to look at what your goal or objective is, as well as what your experience or expertise is in investing. So keep in mind, if you are buying a thematic fund, you must know enough about that theme. You must have a strong view. You must be able to track it as well. So that you know what's a good time to enter, and typically, I think uh, you know most investors will agree. Themes have a wave or a cycle. So at the end of the wave or cycle, you must equally be able to track it and get out of it. Often, one finds that people buy a good theme but are unable to get out of it when the time comes, and therefore the full holding period returns tends to average out and therefore not look as attractive as what you wanted. So that leads to disappointment. So that's something if, if you're ready to do that. And certainly, you know, thematic funds may uh, may be a good option for you. Also, one must not fall into the trap of recency bias or just looking at past period returns. 
often one I, I do come across investors who are almost uh, overexcited by looking at recent returns, and then you end up expecting similar returns to continue in the future, which is just the wrong way to look at how investing should be done. So keep a few of these things in mind. Now, if you believe that really you won't be able to go through these cycles and analysis, and you know you don't want to be biased through this uh, this recent phenomenon of a fad or or some returns which are really very exciting to look at, uh, then you may be and in some sense if you're also looking at a long-term core part of your portfolio being truly diversified, then I would say the broader or more diversified funds, including active funds, may be a very good choice. Active funds versus passive funds or index funds is really then becomes a question of how much of a belief you have in the ability of the fund manager, the portfolio manager, to generate outperformance. And uh, you know, in in again, that debate is is out there, but certainly across several market cycles, alpha or outperformance has been delivered. And therefore, if you believe that a manager has a proven ability to generate outperformance, then I would say you could definitely look at active diversified funds as well. Right, absolutely. And even, you know, uh, come talking about returns, um, a lot of investors feel that, you know, the, the expense ratio of international funds is higher. And some also feel that uh, they are kind of paying a double expense where they are getting, they're paying the expense for the underlying fund as well as the Indian AMC. So is this true? Is it that, you know, with international funds, the expenses are much higher for the management of the fund? No, that is not true. The total expenses of the international fund are capped and are at similar levels as any domestic fund. So if you have to compare an international fund to an actively managed or a similar strategy of a domestic fund, I would find that you will find the expense ratios to be very similar. So, you know, yes, of course, underlying breakup of that expense ratio may have more division between two fund managers, but that's not what the investor is really concerned about. As an investor, I'm really concerned about what is the total charge I'm paying to the fund manager for offering this product. And that is capped. It is regulatory monitored. And it is at a similar level as what you find with Indian fund managers by and large. So I wouldn't believe that, therefore, just because I'm buying an international fund, I'm paying something over and above what I would pay in buying an Indian mutual fund. Right, right. And uh, since you know, you're launching the IDFC US equities fund or funds, uh, and we've seen a kind of a higher exposure to the U.S. markets and U.S. Uh, stocks. So is it important for investors to also look at other economies for international diversification or international exposure? Certainly, you should look at international exposure more broadly. And like I mentioned, you know, if, if the market you're looking at or the part of the world you're looking at is adding value to your portfolio through correlation that we covered earlier, you should look at that. But I would want a couple of things to be kept in mind. The first is how much of an allocation to US do you currently have? And certainly when I look at the industry figures that we have, which is total amount of exposure to US-based uh, funds versus the total assets of in the Indian mutual fund industry, as an example, just using that as a proxy, uh, it's minuscule. So the point is that and, and we have to keep in mind that the U.S. is the largest economy in the world. It's almost a fourth of global GDP. So keep in mind, it's almost 24, 25% of global GDP. Japan is seven, Germany is four, India is three. Right. So if you have such a large 
part of the world gdp uh, you know have you done justice to the allocation that you should have in your portfolio to this large part of the gdp and certainly the numbers that we have today seems that the average investor is under invested so there's a lot more room for first covering us even before you look more broadly second is that when you invest in the us keep in mind it's not necessary that you're only buying the us economy because companies listed in the us and many of these companies are services we use every day in india frankly have revenues coming from a global footprint so as an example in the fund that we are offering almost 41% of the revenues of those companies today comes from non us economies so it's it's really a bit of a fallacy to believe that if i'm buying a us fund i'm only buying into the revenues of us companies it's actually you are getting revenues from other economies as well because this is a global play field in in that sense that's something you have to keep in mind and uh, you know it's also a function of you know what's the underlying currency exposure that you want and uh, you know us fund in this case of course uh, with the underlying is a us dollar and if you have any future liabilities in us dollars that you want to sort of create a us asset for and that's another consideration to keep in mind that's an interesting perspective even though a company may be formed in any particular geography like amazon in usa it has a thriving consumption in many other countries and in in turn indirect exposure to those various economies consumption as well as revenue so right. essentially the profit pool or the revenues that you are uh, accessing through us listed equities is actually much wider than just domestic us companies so when you're buying us keep in mind you are actually buying a chunk of global revenue pools right and uh, so be it you know any sort of geography just as a whole of international uh, investments for a you know a new investor or someone who's probably just looking at international investments for the first time what should be the you know uh, ideal allocation for international uh, funding as well as what is the time horizon an investor should look at keeping in mind international exposure right so amrita this is a difficult one and i'm really not an individual advisor to be able to give specific direction but i can lay out a few principles that i would use the first is that uh, you know you have to look at what is your individual risk appetite and what is your goal and therefore in your overall portfolio what's the level of diversification that this new asset class can introduce and uh, you know just based on my experience with working with uh, you know advisors as well as distributors in the market uh you know many advisors many you know tell me that they'd like to achieve 50 to 20% exposure in their clients portfolios for international equities so that's that's one rule of thumb that if i can if i can call it that one could look at of course it would also depend on your specific needs so for example there may be individuals or customers who look at creating or you know some expense in the future based on certain economies so for example Uh, you know someone who wants to send their children to study overseas or they themselves want to do higher studies overseas they have a foreign currency exposure that 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 will get generated over time and against that objective or need you want to start making investments in that economies that you know in general this is matched those are other considerations that you could look at as with any investment you have to think long term 
especially if you're getting into equities, any time frame less than five years, I would say we have to be very cautious. Doesn't mean that you know you have to stay that long to really generate uh, you know positive returns. But the fact is that you don't know how much volatility may be in store in the future. So any period less than five years in equities, I would worry about. Vishal, what would be your last piece of advice to investors on how to evaluate different international funds or what factors to consider before choosing where to invest their money? So I think the good thing, Amrita, is that after we've covered the, the core uh, facts or the core decision points that I mentioned, which is that which is the market you want to invest in, what is the nature or type of product that you invest that you want to invest in. So for example, let's say your answer to the first one is that yes, US looks like a good idea. Right, because it is a large market, it's the dominant, uh, you know, economy in the world, and you must have a sizable or material exposure of US in your overall international portfolio. When you look at the type of fund, you know, whether it's a thematic or a core holding. Let's say you're preferring a core holding uh, because you don't want to be tracking themes and cycles. You want some something. You want to benefit from the fund manager's active management, and you want to let the uh, outperformance possibility really play out over the cycle. The good thing is that when you come to a fund now, because this is a fund of fund, this is not really, a, uh, you know, in that sense, a new fund where you don't have a track record because the underlying fund that we will invest into does have a very, very solid track record that you can look at. So look at the fund performance or the underlying funds performance and track record, as well as the quality of the management team, how the team has gone about building their portfolio, what the investment philosophy is, some of the numbers behind it. So like I mentioned, you know, what's the volatility? What's the earnings growth? Uh, has that fund been able to generate uh, you know, or, or deliver to its promise? Uh, has there been any excess return being generated from the fund? So all of these factors, thankfully, in the case of an international fund, are readily available, including, you know, what's the current portfolio? What's the prospect that the fund manager is uh, thinking about in terms of its commentary? So you can definitely do this research. And, uh, you know, keep in mind that, uh, you know, that's the type of research that we would have also done in selecting a specific fund. And that's where in our fund, uh, you know, we've selected the, the JP Morgan U.S. Growth Fund, which we found has, has, has very attractive uh, such, uh, you know, attributes for us to then take that and offer it uh, to our investors uh, through this fund of funds. To summarize our discussion today, as an investor, if you're considering international investments, you have to evaluate multiple factors. Internal factors such as your risk appetite and financial goals, and external factors such as the quality and future prospects of the company and economies you wish to invest in. Further, understand the correlation with your existing portfolio and your reason to invest such as diversification or future currency exposure like a child's international education. Thank you, Vishal, for joining us today and sharing your valuable insights as to why and how an investor can participate in the growth of different economies through international investing. We wish you luck for the NFO. My pleasure, Namrata. Thanks for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. That's all for today's episode of Why Not Mint Money. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening in. We're also available on LiveMint.com. And if you're old school, then do pick up a copy of Mint for some insightful coverage.
If you have any questions you want us to address, do reach us out at HT Smartcast. We are present on Twitter, Facebook, and Insta. And if you want to connect over email, write into us at mintmoney at livemint dot com. Until next time, it's bye bye. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.